Hello friends, welcome back to Ty Loves Movies. It's your boy Ty here, and I'm doing a follow-up to my Golden Globe nomination predictions. We finally have the nominations out. Uh, they've been out since last week, but I'm just now getting a chance to record it. Um, you know, record my follow-up, I guess I should say. But look at me, I'm being more consistent. I'm trying to keep all my promise, especially now that we're uh, in the middle of award season finally starting up. You know, I'm really trying to stay on top of the content, so uh, yeah. Uh, I want to cover uh, the full Golden Globes nominations for the film side. Not, I don't do the TV stuff, sorry, everybody. Um, so we've got that, and we also have the Critics' uh, yeah, words, the Critics' Choice nominations as well. So we've got two out of the big five of award season. Uh, we've got the nominations for them. The winners will be announced, I believe, the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice will both be in the beginning of January. So in the upcoming weeks, uh, we'll get the winners and we'll be one step closer to figuring out how this season's going to go. But with these nominations out for both Critics' Choice and Golden Globes, uh, we could start to get a feel of where things are headed come Oscar time. Because uh, that's really all that uh, these other awards shows... Um, are you know i mean of course they're their own individual entities and what i do appreciate about each of these uh, award shows is they all have their own unique uh, identities and personalities when it comes to the films they recognize and um i think that's that's really cool um but on the 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 flip side of that uh there are times where i do feel like certain organizations do just try to they just try their best to predict what the oscars are going to do which bugs me because you know you should be focused on like you know what do you think is the best every year you know don't think so much of what you think the oscars are going to nominate like just nominate what you think is the best um so you know when, when that happens and it doesn't happen all the time but there's definitely some award shows uh, and critics choice can be guilty of that sometimes uh which i'll which i'll get to when i get to their nominations um but a lot of the times, uh, I, I very much enjoy the fact that, you know, Golden Globes will nominate films that, uh, you know, no one else will do, which can be very chaotic and crazy, but I enjoy it. I, I do. Um, and sometimes Critics' Choice will do that as well. And it's like, oh, wow, like, you're the only awards show to, to recognize this film or these people in this film or for this film. So, all right, uh, without further ado, I'm going to go over the Golden Globe nominations for 2022. Um, if you want to hear my predictions uh, for the nominations, like what I thought was going to get nominated last week, you can check out the previous podcast episode. Although I am going to be covering it as I go because I'm going to talk about like, you know, what I got right, what I didn't get, what I got wrong. But uh, I will say this uh, on Gold Derby out of... Um, th ooh, 3,259 people that per, uh, put their predictions in for the Golden Globe nominations this year, I ranked 41 with my predictions. So I did pretty goddamn well, especially compared to past years with my Golden Globe predictions, like who I thought was going to get nominated. Because like I said before, they're always so hard, in my opinion, to, to really crack down and figure out like where they're gonna go with their nominations so the fact that i i got 41 out of over 3,000 people is pretty goddamn cool if i must say so myself so all right without further ado let's start with uh the best non-english language film so the nominees are all quiet on the western front for germany argentina 1985 
from Argentina, Close from Belgium, Decision to Leave from South Korea, and RRR for, from India. So uh, I got four out of five of these right, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think the only one I got wrong was the Argentina 1985. I think I predicted that Bardo was going to get nominated, and I just figured that would happen because Alejandro Inarritu is a you know he's a hot commodity in Hollywood. God, what four Oscars or something like that? Um, so I just figured that. Globes were going to recognize this film, but apparently they didn't. They decided to go with uh, Argentine 1985, which I was not predicting. Um, so, yeah, that's the nominee. Those are the nominees um, for best non-English language film. Then we're on to best animated feature. So we've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Inuo, uh, which I have not even heard of that, um, but I think it's an anime film, which is pretty goddamn cool, but I have not seen it or heard of it prior to this nomination, so there's that. Um, Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. Like I said before, I'm terrible when it comes to checking out the animated films every year, so I have not seen any of these. I'm going to get around to it before the Oscars come around, trust me. Um... But yeah, uh, definitely was not predicting Inuo. Um, I was predicting, what was I predicting? Uh, was it Strange World, I think it was? I think that's what I was predicting. Uh, let's scroll. I, I have my predictions up. Yes, I was predicting Strange World, so that did not get in here. But, you know, sometimes the Globes, uh, when it comes to animated features, they, uh, they tend to go with a lot of stuff that uh, you think might be, like, an obvious choice especially if, like you know if you're not really into the awards season stuff like i am um you know there's there's a lot of like the bigger animated films that will come out every year and you're like oh okay well that's that's to be expected like oh finding dory of course that's getting nominated and oh despicable me or whatever it is and uh they'll show up here and then they'll not show up at the oscars which was kind of crazy for in some cases but um so yeah, uh, right now those are the nominations. So or right now, as if that's gonna change. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, uh, you know what? Let me let me backtrack a bit uh, because now that uh, now that you know we have the full on nominations for all these categories, I think as I'm gonna go, I'm gonna as I go through each of the nominees for each category for the films, um, I'm gonna take a guess as to what I think is going to win now that we have it like set in stone. So I'm going to take a step back, go back to the non-English language film category. So I think that RRR is going to win best non-English language film, uh, simply because I think that does have the best chance at the Oscars. Um, but again, like I said before, I, I haven't seen it. Unfortunately, I haven't seen any of these, uh, these films, uh, all quiet on the Western front, Argentina, 1985, close decision to leave and RRR. I haven't seen them all yet. Um, but I'm trust me, I'm going to get around to them. Um, but yeah, I, RRR is definitely the one I've heard the most about. Um, and I've heard only good things like people fucking love this movie. So, um, I do think that is going to win, uh, this category, um, I'd say the runner-up would probably be either Decision to Leave or All Quiet on the Western Front, um, because those are two films that I heard are fucking extraordinary. So, um, yeah, I guess those would be the spoilers in this category, but I think this is a pretty safe, 
uh, thing for uh, this is a safe bet for RRR. So then when we go to best animated feature, I think that Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is going to win um, because it's Guillermo del Toro A and B. It's definitely the the one out of this category that I've heard the most praise for. Like not to say that any of these other films haven't gotten the praise. I've heard Marcel the Shell with Shoes on is very good. I've heard Puss in Boots Last Wish is Last Wish is surprisingly very good and I've heard nothing but good things about Turning Red since it came out like earlier this year. I don't remember when it came out this year, but I it was, I feel like it was a while ago. Um and then there's, yeah, Inuo, which, again, I can't really speak on at all. I don't even know what it's about. I have no idea anything about it. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for uh, the winner in that category. All right. Then on to best original song. We've got Carolina by Taylor Swift from Where the Crawdads Sing. Ciao, Papa from Alexandre Desplat, Robin... Cats, I think is how you pronounce their name. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced it. And Guillermo del Toro for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Hold My Hand from Lady Gaga, Blood Pop, and Benjamin Rice. Uh, sorry. I had a stuffy nose all week. Yeah. Anyways, Hold My Hand from La- uh, Lady Gaga, Blood Pop, and Benjamin Rice for Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig Göransson for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then we've got Natu Natu from M.M. Kiravani, uh, Kala Barava. Uh, gosh, I'm going to butcher their names. I'm so sorry. And Rahul uh, Slipping. Oh, gosh. Man, I'm not even going to bother. I, I really don't want to pr- mispronounce these names, but I probably already did. Uh, but anyways, Natu Natu from RRR. So, um... Uh, what do I think is going to win here? Uh, well, first off, um, I was not predicting uh, Ciao Papa. I thought that Elvis, uh, the song from Elvis that Doja Cat did, Vegas, I thought that was going to get in here. Although, I, I don't know if I covered this um, when I was going through my predictions for the Golden Globe nominations, but I don't, uh, It's or maybe it wasn't out yet, but uh, it was recently announced that uh, that song will be ineligible for the Oscar for Best Original Song because it is, uh, it's like a weird technicality thing because Doja Cat, uh, she um, took the original song that Elvis was inspired by to do, Hound Dog, um, and incorporated that into her song. And so I think for that reason, it's it's not considered an original song. It's some dumb shit like that. But um, yeah, anyways... I think it was eligible for the Golden Globes, and it just didn't get nominated. And in its place, Chow Papa took its spot. So, uh, but everything else I got right. Um, ooh, I man, this is a tough one. Um, I think it's down to either "Hold My Hand" from Top Gun or "Lift Me Up" from Black Panther. Uh, I'm gonna go with Fudge. Um, this is this is a tough one, because um, I could really see it going to either one of them very easily. I could even see it going to Natu Natu because I, everybody like that's like the if I'm if I am thinking of this correctly, there's the one musical number in RRR that I keep seeing everywhere, and I believe it's that song that's playing. Like that's the this that scene is what has this song Natu Natu. Um, could be very very wrong. Um, but I could see it going to those three. I, I don't think it's going to go to Chow Papa or Carolina. Sorry, Taylor Swift. Sorry, Alexandre Desplat. Um, 
But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Black Panther. I think Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, Ludwig Orson, and Thames are gonna win it. Um, but you know, Lady Gaga, everybody loves Lady Gaga. Golden Globes especially love Lady Gaga. So you know, they very well could uh, give it to her for Top Gun, and either one would be very deserving. Um, if I think I had my pick though, as much as I love Lady Gaga and I loved Hold My Hand, um, I would I would go with Black Panther uh, for this one uh, simply because that song was just so fucking good. It was so moving. It summed up all the emotions that I, everybody was feeling by the time you uh, finished Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So uh, I would love to see Rihanna win an Oscar. And I would love to see Ryan Coogler. He would win an Oscar for this as well. And uh, again, I keep saying Oscars as if that's what we're talking about. But we're talking about the Golden Globes. Um, so yeah, but I would love to see them win a Golden Globe for this. And hopefully that would translate into an Oscar. But yeah, if, uh, if Lady Gaga wins for Hold My Hand, then that'd be awesome as well. Alrighty, so on to Best Original Score. So we've got Carter Burwell for Banshees of Inishirin, Alexandre Desplat for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Hildur Guidonader from, uh, for Women Talking, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, and John Williams for The Fablemans. So, got four out of five of these correct. Um, I was not predicting Carter Burwell for Banshees, and the only reason for that is because I really thought that, uh, Ludwig was going to get nominated for Best Original Score for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, sadly, was not, but um, I, I guess it's not too, too surprising, uh, just because, um, well, first off, Carter Burwell's score for Banshees of Inisherin is absolutely fantastic. Um, I've been listening to it ever since uh, I saw the movie. It's fantastic. I very, very much love that score. I love Carter Burwell. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... I'm going to obviously cover this as as I go through the rest of these nominations, but Banshees of Inishirin really overperformed here, and I'm not even saying that as a bad thing, because all the nominations it has, it absolutely deserves. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was just one of them. I, I wasn't predicting it would get in here. I was predicting that it was going to get in for the Oscar whenever the nominations come around for that, uh, which I absolutely will be covering. Of course, you know, that's the whole point of doing the award season stuff, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, it's Carter Burwell's nomination is definitely not. Uh, it's it's definitely deserved. It's absolutely deserved. Um, haven't seen Women Talking, Pinocchio, or uh, Babylon yet, so I can't really speak for any of the for the rest of the three. But like I said before, these are all fucking phenomenal composers. Um, they're all like uh, Hildur Guidonader, uh, Justin Hurwitz, Sean Williams are like top five for me the three of them um so i am quite the the fans of their work and so their nominations here are not surprising even though i haven't heard uh their their work yet for women talking babylon and, and like i said i love alexandra Desplat too um so yeah uh i think though the there's a lot of love going around for hilder guadanoder for uh women talking um, I heard this score is really, really good, but I've also heard that Justin Hurwitz's score for Babylon is very, very good. Um, and anyone who knows me knows how much I love Justin Hurwitz as a composer. Um, and the Golden Globes very much love him. Uh, again, this is like, this is 
like triggering me because every time I think back to Justin Hurwitz's last win, which was for First Man, I just think about how he was winning all of these awards for his score for that film and wasn't even fucking nominated for the Oscar. I'm just, I'll never get over it. You're going to hear me mention this a billion times throughout the uh, award season podcasts, but I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm never going to get over that. That score is probably my favorite score, I think, in a long, 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 long time. Um, followed closely by, I'd say, uh, Ludwig Gordonson's score for Tenet. But, uh, man, I, I just, that, that score was just a work of art, and uh, it will forever sadden me that it was not recognized by the Academy at all. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Hildur for uh, women talking for this. Runner-up, I think, would definitely be uh, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. So um, I guess we'll, we'll see come, uh, come January. But uh, as it stands right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards Hildur for women talking. All right. So on to best screenplay. So we've got Todd Field for Tar, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, uh, a.k.a. the Daniels, <clears throat> for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin, Sarah Polly for Women Talking, and Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner for The Fablemans. Um, five out of five here. I accurately predicted all of these. Um, and uh, again, the only one I haven't seen here is Women Talking. Going to get around to it as soon as it's out in theaters. Um, but yeah, fucking great, great category. Very, very good category. Um, I think I'm leaning towards martin mcdonough winning here um although i would love to see daniel kwan or the daniels win for everything everywhere all at once but uh kind of rooting for them in director and martin mcdonough in screenplay because banshee screenplay is just oh man i i i love love that screenplay i i love all these screenplays again except for women talking and the only reason i don't love it is because i haven't seen it yet and i really hope i love it um but yeah, I I would very much love to see Martin McDonough win his uh win a screenplay award. I mean, he he won best screenplay in this category at the Golden Globes years ago for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Very rightfully deserved. Uh, would have loved to seen him win the Oscar that year, but no, it didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I I would love to see him win here, which I have a good feeling he will, because again, his film did very very well here. Um. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to see that translate into an original screenplay Oscar win, uh, which uh, he does not have, uh, again, very sadly so. Um, he is an Oscar winner. He won an Oscar for a short film he did years and years ago. Um, but I would love to see him win for this screenplay in particular. It's just a beautiful screenplay. Um, but, yeah, I, I would be very thrilled, though, if, uh, if the Daniels won for everything, everywhere, all at once. So going to go with Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin is my prediction for winning screenplay here. And uh, runner-up would be Everything Everywhere All at Once. Alrighty. Best Director. Another one that I... Well, no, I didn't go five for five. Um, I got four out of five here. So the nominees are James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Baz Luhrmann for Elvis, Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inishirin, and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. So... Uh, like I said before in the, in my predictions, I went out on a limb and th- and predicted Baz Luhrmann in director here because I figured that the Globes were going to love Elvis, and they did. 
Um, and so I figured if they were gonna, if they really were gonna love Elvis, they're gonna recognize Baz, uh, in director, and they fucking did. And they snubbed Sarah Polly, um, which I didn't think was gonna happen, but, uh, they did. And I know they're gonna get a lot of shit for it because it's all guys in this category. So, uh, it's gonna be a big topic of, uh, conversation when the, uh, award show goes on in a couple weeks, which is gonna be fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I did not predict, uh, Martin McDonough here. And again, not because I did, I don't think he deserved to be in here. Um, he's absolutely in my top five for director. Um, I just felt like if they were going to bump somebody off, it was going to be him. Um, and I'm happy to say I was wrong. I'm very glad he's here. I just thought like, okay, you know what? Like I, I, I just I knew they were gonna eat up Avatar. I knew they weren't gonna be able to resist everything everywhere. I knew that Baz Luhrmann, that was my one out there prediction. I was standing by it. And of course, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg. So, uh, you know, I'm I was uh, I knew they weren't gonna leave Spielberg out for for director in this category. So I just felt like, okay, you know, they're gonna get Sarah Polly in here. One of them's gotta go. So I just I thought McDonough was going to be the expendable one. And again, happy to be wrong, but, you know, it does suck because, uh, again, uh, there's going to be – there's a lot of controversy. There's there's always controversy whenever, like, you know, a woman or um, a person of color is left off these awards. And it is unfortunate, but I've covered – I've talked about this a bit before, but you know what? I, I, I don't like the fact that people should be punished for voting for – the, the films and the filmmakers that they think are the best you know it's not to take away from anybody and uh i guarantee you that uh that sarah polly is going to win an oscar come uh come march when the oscars the actual oscars happen um but you know what it's just it, it's it's like what about the women who are voting in this category what if they thought that martin mcdonough was a better director and that's why he's in here and i guess in this case it would be baz lerman because uh yeah i think i think martin mcdonough was definitely more in there than baz lerman was for uh for this category but again i just was sticking by my my bold prediction that he was going to get the nomination um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a touchy subject whenever it comes to the awards nominations and, uh, you know, if there's a case of sexism or racism and the Golden Globes have been in enough shit as it is over the years for that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, again, it's 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 unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is. Um, and uh, this will be important. I'm going to come I'm going to circle back to this when we get to the Critics' Choice nominations, because they did something pretty wacky this year when it came to their director nominations. But I'll I'll, I'll save that for um, for when I get there. But anyways, so who do I think is going to win Best Director at the Golden Globes? I would really love to see the Daniels win. Um, very, very much, very, very much would like for them to win. Um, but I know there's there's the big narrative behind Spielberg um, because, I mean, this film, is it's a beautiful film. He's such a fucking master. It's ridiculous. Um and uh, there was the early narrative of, you know, like, let's reward Spielberg for, for telling his, his story, like his childhood. Um, and again, I wouldn't be too upset at it, honestly, because again, it's, it's not like, if I felt like this was a career award where he really doesn't deserve it and they're just giving it to him because he's Steven Spielberg and he's getting older and we're not going to, sadly, not going to have him around forever, then that would kind of bother me because I'm, I'm never a fan of the career Oscars. I'm just, uh, they, they drive me crazy. But, um, 
Yeah, I think, uh, man, I really want the Daniels to win here. I really, truly do. Um, haven't seen Avatar yet. I'm slacking on that. I'm probably going to see it sometime this week. Um, I've heard it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I, Baz Lerman's not winning here. Uh, don't believe Martin McDonough's going to win here. James Cameron, I, I, you know, I think the nomination was his win here, even though, again, he did win for the first Avatar. Uh, so, in this, for the at the Golden Globes, I should say. He won director for the first Avatar, so you never know. Um, honestly, though, I think this is down to Spielberg and the Daniels. I'm going to lean towards Spielberg. I think the Golden Globes aren't going to be able to resist giving him the the award here for, for this beautiful personal story of his um so i'm gonna go with steven spielberg runner up would be the daniels who i'm secretly rooting for not no, not even secretly i do want them to win nothing to take away from spielberg i'd be i'd be thrilled if he won here i'd also be thrilled if martin mcdonough won here just i just know that's not gonna happen um but yeah so i'm gonna go with spielberg here and we'll we'll see if that changes before the uh before the golden globes uh like the winners happen but right now i'm going with spielberg all right, on to Best Supporting Actress. So, you got Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Dolly DeLeon for A Triangle of Sadness, and Carrie Mulligan for She Said. So, another out there prediction that I did was Angela Bassett for Black Panther. <coughs> oh, goodness. All right, we're I'm going to repeat that. Sorry. Just came back from dinner. And lo and behold, I was correct. Um, so I was very thrilled to see her get in here. Um, very thrilled to see Carrie Condon here. Um, and same with Jamie Lee Curtis. Even though uh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew the Globes were going to do this. That they were going to nominate Jamie Lee Curtis and leave out Stephanie Sue for everything everywhere all at once. Um, and again, it's because the Globes love Jamie Lee Curtis. They love to nominate their faves. So they did. And I'm really sad that Stephanie Sue's not here. But uh, again, I'm not surprised. I don't think this hurts her Oscar chances at all. Um, but yeah, uh, Carrie Mulligan, I, I figured she was like a potential. I didn't think she was actually going to get nominated. Uh, but here she is. And uh, Dolly DeLeon, um, I, I'd heard she was really good in this film um, and that she was a, a big scene stealer, especially like the, the later half of the movie. I um, haven't seen it yet, Triangle of Sadness, but um, yeah, I guess it's cool that she's here. I'll get around to seeing Triangle of Sadness eventually, so I'll see if this was uh, worthy or not, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, who do I think's winning here? So as it stands right now, I have Carrie Condon winning the Oscar for Supporting Actress, but I don't think she's going to win here. I honest to God, you might think I'm crazy, but I was right about it uh, with the nominations. I think I'm going to be right here. I think Angela Bassett's going to win. I really do. I think that uh, out of this lineup, I think Angela Bassett is who the Globes are going to gravitate towards. I mean, again, the fact that she even got nominated is crazy in a great way, um, but I'm going to go out on a limb. This is going to be one of my bold, bold predictions. I'm going to bet on Angela Bassett winning Supporting Actress here. So, there you go. Um, all right. On to Supporting Actor. Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inishirin. Barry Keoghan for The Banshees of Inishirin. Brad Pitt for Babylon. Kihui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Eddie Redmayne for The Good Nurse. So, a couple things here. Um... 
So, I, I knew that Brendan Gleeson was getting in here. Obviously, duh. Incredibly deserving. Um, but I was going to cover this at a later time because I didn't think I was going to have to talk about this so soon, but I was very much wrong. I thought that both Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan were going to get nominated at the BAFTAs and the Oscars. And uh, he was going to miss here and maybe miss SAG or Critics' Choice or something. Barry Keoghan, I mean. But Barry Keoghan nominated here. Uh, so very pleasantly surprised because he's fantastic in Banshees. Um, very much a scene stealer in that film. Um, so I was very happy to see both the, the Banshees boys get in this category here. Um, yeah, uh, that was just really surprising. I really didn't think the Globes were going to go for nominating both of them. Um, and especially the fact that neither of the Fablemans boys, neither Judd Hirsch or Paul Dano, uh, got in here, which was, uh, which my defense, I, I was not predicting either of them to get in here either. Um, but just the fact that they didn't nominate either one of them and they nominated both the Banshees guys is surprising. Again, not to say not deserving because, um, my dream lineup would be, uh, to have both the Banshees boys... And uh, I, I can't even say my dream would be to have both the Fablemans boys because as much as I love Jer- Judd Hirsch in, in the Fablemans, it's just not enough for me to go. He deserves a nomination. The Academy might feel different, and that might be just a, a, a career recognition nomination. Uh, but if he does end up getting getting nominated for the Oscar, um, but yeah, I would love to see Paul Dano get in here, uh, uh, get in at the Oscars for his performance in The Fablemans, because uh, he's very, very good, and never been nominated before, which is ridiculous, but again, uh, neither is Brendan Gleeson, um, Barry Keoghan, he's, you know, he's a newcomer, but he hasn't been nominated anywhere yet, um, then, yeah, Ki Hoi Kwan, though, of course, uh, my boy, he's taking this award he's taking every award as he should um so that's that's who's winning this um and he better win this not again nothing against brendan gleason or barry kilgan brad pitt eddie redmayne um which by the way uh eddie redmayne was somebody that i thought could sneak in uh and he did um surprisingly not the other sneak in that i thought would happen uh for the for uh, I'll, i'll get to that when i get to the category which is coming up but um yeah, and uh, Brad Pitt did did get a nomination here, which is cool. Uh, again, haven't seen Babylon yet, so uh, we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, Kihoi Kwan winning, better win. All I need to say. All right, on to best actress, uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. <clears throat> so nominees are Leslie Manville from Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Margot Robbie in Babylon. Anya Taylor-Joy, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy in The Menu, Emma Thompson, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, if you remember, I said that I thought Julia Roberts was going to get nominated here because the Globes love Julia Roberts and movie like Ticket to Paradise, blah, 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 and I heard good things about Leslie Manville and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and I thought like, ah, well, if they're going to go between Leslie Manville, who's never been nominated before, um, she's not like a, a well-known actress in the in, in the United States, uh, but she's very, very good, she's extraordinary, um, I thought, okay, they're going to they're gonna eat up Julia Roberts, like, they always do and i was wrong they ended up going leslie manville which is cool um who's winning this you all know michelle yo's winning this done the end anyways on to best actor in a musical or comedy 
uh, Diego Calva in Babylon, Daniel Craig, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Adam Driver in White Noise, Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inishirin, and Ray Fiennes in The Menu. All right. Uh, who did I predict that didn't get in? Oh, I, that's right. I predicted Tom Hanks because I was like, oh, the Golden Globes love Tom Hanks. They're going to nominate him in, in comedy actor and supporting actor for Elvis. Wrong. Very, very wrong. Instead, they went for Adam Driver who, uh, God, what a talent. I fucking love Adam Driver. Um, but I have not seen his film yet, White Noise, that he did with uh, Noah Baumbach, his BFF. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I guess it's not too surprising that he got nominated because uh, he's constantly getting nominated nowadays, and rightfully so. So there's that. Uh, I was very happy to see Ray Fine show up. Uh, that was really cool that they nominated both him and Anya for, for the menu. Um... Always love to see Daniel Craig, uh, Diego Calva, uh, not seen. Oh gosh. Give me one sec. <laughs> I think in, uh, in, in Hollywood. Um, but if he has done other work, I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, again, I've heard really great things about him and that this is like his star is born moment, uh, his performance in this film. So not surprised to see him pop up here which is cool um and yeah uh colin farrell same with michelle yo same with kihoi kwan they're absolutely taking this award home no questions asked done colin farrell and again deserves it same with michelle yo kihoi kwan like they're taking these awards and rightfully so all right uh best actress in a drama we've got kate blanchett and uh tar Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light, Viola Davis in The Woman King, Ana de Armas in Blonde, and Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. Alright, so, a couple things here. Uh, Olivia Coleman. People cannot resist Olivia Coleman these days, and who can blame them? Olivia Coleman is absolutely fantastic. I haven't seen Empire of Light yet, um, but just from the trailer alone, just she looks fantastic. Um, every performance of hers these past few years, I've just been. Con- continually impressed by her she's brilliant i love olivia coleman um but yeah uh the golden globes went for it i didn't think they would but they did they just can't resist her um ana de armas they really went and did it they nominated her i think i said that uh she she could pop up here um and she did and uh they snubbed danielle deadweiler which is crazy um i haven't seen till but I just nonstop. I cannot. I just cannot stop hearing about how good Danielle Deadweiler is until. So the fact that she didn't show up here kind of sucks. Um, again, I I don't really think this hurts the Oscar her Oscar chances. I really truly don't. Um, but uh, and it might just be because she's not that well known yet. And we and like I said, the Globes love to nominate their favorites, and they they. The, uh, another thing too is i don't know if i mentioned this last time but uh they they definitely love their celebrities like you know they they like to have the big names uh at their award shows so um that might be why again it's really shitty if that's the case but um you well, i don't know it's, but again this happens you know you think some people are safe and they just they're not but again i i, I do think danielle deadweiler will be in for the oscar um but yeah she just didn't show up here so who's winning this award uh another easy peasy no-brainer one for me Kate Blanchett is walking away with this award it's gonna be a 
Duke, uh, uh, uh words again. It's going to be a duel of the fates between Kate uh, Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh for who wins the Oscar. Um, and I'd be very thrilled to see either one of them win. Oh, man, that's that's a tough one for me, though, because like like I said before, I'd love there's so many times I'm like, can we just give it a tie? Like, can there please just be a tie? I'd love to see uh, both pe- like t- two people win for, for an award. And uh, this is one of those times I'm really hoping it never happens. But um, uh, one can hope. Again, I'd be thrilled if either one of them won the Oscar, but yeah, they're because they're in two separate categories at the Globes. Uh, I'm thrilled that they're both going to win here. Again, I, I don't even I don't even have a second thought about it. Kate Blanchett is winning this award. Alrighty, uh, now getting a little spicy. We're on to best actor in a drama. Um, we've got Austin Butler in Elvis, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Hugh Jackman in The Sun, Bill Nye in Living, and Jeremy Pope in The Inspection. So, they fucking snubbed Tom Cruise. They're not over him trying to return his Golden Globes in protest to the bullshit they dealt with uh, over their diversity, uh, lack of diversity years ago, I guess. Because, man, they used to fucking love Tom Cruise, and now they're like, nope, we're not nominating you, which is fucking crazy to me. But, uh, yeah, they they went ahead and went for Jeremy Pope like I figured they might, and uh, they did. And, uh, sadly, Tom Cruise is missing from here, which really sucks, but... uh, very happy that uh, Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser are here. Uh, again, even though I haven't seen The Whale, I'm just, just fucking love Brendan Fraser. I'm just so happy for him. Um, and uh, Hugh Jackman did get in here for The Sun. I think this is where his... Uh, I think this is where he his train his train ends. His train ride is, is over here for award season. Um, again, I haven't seen The Sun yet, but uh, just from what I've heard, he's great in the film, but the film itself is just a letdown from the father, which sucks. Um, and yeah, looks like Bill Nye is definitely shaping up to get that Oscar nom, his first ever. Crazy. Um, and yeah, Jeremy Pope got in for the inspection. So, uh which I will have to see um, now that I, I've read up a bit about what it's about and it does sound really fascinating. So um, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, I'm still going to stick with Austin Butler for, for right now for the globe here. Um, even though uh, if this is to be a repeat of, um, of, of the wrestler and Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke for the wrestler won golden globe. Uh, he was sweeping awards, but lost the Oscar. So um you know that comeback narrative might might suit Brendan Fraser, even though again the the he's got a, a rough pass with the Golden Globes. Brendan Fraser, they they really did him dirty, and he's not he will not be in attendance um, when the awards go on. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that might impact the voting on uh, if they're gonna give him the win or not. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with Austin Butler just because uh, he's the one film in this category that I've seen and. Uh, Regardless, he's just so goddamn good in Elvis that I'm really rooting for him for the Oscar at the moment. Uh, really, really torn between him and Colin Farrell at the moment for who I'd want to see win the Oscar. But uh, I'd love to see Austin Butler win. But uh, again, he's in a separate category from Colin Farrell, so uh, they could both win and it'd be great. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I, that's who I'm betting on right now. But definitely the runner up here is without a doubt Brendan Fraser. So uh, keep an eye out if he sneaks in and. We get that narrative going. Um, as for best picture, with uh, out of musical or comedy, we've got uh, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, 
Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and Triangle of Sadness. So, um, I thought the menu was going to get in because I felt like, all right, they're going to nominate Ray Fiennes, they're going to nominate Anya Taylor-Joy, so, you know, both the leads of that film are getting in. It would make sense if the film itself got nominated, but turns out was not the case and they went for triangle of sadness which is uh um yeah that was definitely a surprise to me um but they clearly like that movie because they also nominated it in supporting actress um so uh the real question is though who is winning this uh is it banshees or is it everything everywhere all at once um i'm gonna guess that banshees is gonna win here um just because uh the movie uh, yeah banshee's got like i think it was eight nominations here because you know it, that's it for all of its nominations um yeah i think it got eight nominations it got picture director screenplay um score and then four acting nominations just crazy in a good way but just crazy so i think i think they're gonna go with banshees here especially because uh it's going to win screenplay and it's going to win best actor. Um, whereas, you know, but, but everything everywhere got quite, got a lot of love here too. So it's really down to those two. I'm just, I have Banshees winning by a smidge over everything everywhere, but man, I'd be so thrilled if either one of them won. Um, I, I don't think it's going to Babylon. Don't think it's going to knives out or glass onion, I should say. And, uh, don't think it's, going to triangle sadness so uh take your pick between banshees or or everything everywhere um either one of those i would say there's there's a strong case for both of them so uh it's it's really up to you which uh which you're gonna take a guess at but uh i'm just i have banshees by a smidge um that might change but uh right now as it stands i have banshees winning in this category (laughs) all right on to the last category here best motion picture drama the nominees are <clears throat> the nominees are Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Got five out of five here. I figured they were going to go for these five, and indeed they did. Um, left out women talking. Um, they left out... Uh, um, was there another big one that, that, that got left out here? Um, there probably was, but, um, yeah, I just, I had a good feeling about, about these, these five, and I was indeed correct. Um, so yeah, and I remember, <laughs> I forgot to, I forgot to list these in my predictions last week, and I had to quick re-edit it and get it in. Um, but yeah, uh, so who's winning? Um... I might have already spoiled what I think is going to win this uh, when I was doing my my predictions outline last last episode, but um, I honest to God think that Top Gun Maverick might might take this home. I, I think that uh, the Globes will go out there and do what they did with like Bohemian Rhapsody, where people just fucking love that movie and they just can't resist it. Um, but the fact that Tom Cruise isn't nominated kind of makes me second guess myself a bit. Um, 
So, uh, again, I'm going to, this is another one of my crazy out there predictions, but I'm going to go with Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to go with that for now. Um, I think the runner up here is definitely the Fablemans. And if not the Fablemans, it would be Elvis. And then if not Elvis, it would be Avatar. And if not Avatar, it's Tar in last place for here. But, uh, I, Fablemans is probably going to win this, especially if Spielberg wins the director, because, um, there's usually a big correlation between, uh, whoever wins best director typically goes on to win best picture um not just at the oscars but at a lot of these award shows um but i found recently or i found out more recently as as some years have gone by that the screenplay is actually a much bigger deal i think when it comes to the best picture winner um than director is nowadays director is still really important but i think screenplay is kind of where it's at these days um but yeah, so uh, if if Spielberg wins director, then I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that Fablemans will end up winning best drama. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by Top Gun, not even because it's my favorite film of the year. I just think that uh, the Globes, if it's gonna win anywhere, it's gonna be at the Globes. So yeah, that is uh, that's the nominations for the Golden Globes, and those are my predictions for what I think's gonna win. Again, uh, we still got some time before the actual winners pop up, so uh, we'll see. And if I make any changes, uh, I'm gonna have more podcast episodes out before the uh, before the Golden Globe ceremony. So um, I'll let you guys know if uh, if I make any changes here. So. Anyways, that's the Golden Globe nominations. Now let's get on over to the Critics' Choice nominations. So, the Critics' Choice to me, um, like the Golden Globes are the like the first start or the first stop in the award season. Like you know, they're where we start to see like, all right, this is where the industry is feeling the love for certain films. But uh, they they have a lot less categories than everywhere else does when it comes to their nominations um it's like they don't really do the technical awards like they don't recognize cinematography they don't recognize editing sound visual effects any of that stuff so uh critics choice they do but for some reason they don't they don't recognize sound which i've never understood they they recognize like literally every other fucking category for film but they don't recognize sound which is really really dumb to me but uh, anyways, so uh, I'm going to go through the nominations here, which I, I did not make predictions for. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, so I'm not going to bother saying like, oh, I figured it, this would show up here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I was like, OK, this is all no brainer stuff. But I I didn't make like a predictions. I didn't even bet on Gold Derby, what I uh, which I usually do for, for Critics' Choice. I don't know why I didn't do it this year. Um so I'm just going to go through the nominations with you all here, let you know my thoughts and feelings. Um, let's start with the uh, best score. So we've got Alexandre Desplat for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Michael Giacchino for The Batman, Hildur Gordon-Otter for Tar, and Hildur Gordon-Otter for Women Talking, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, and John Williams for The Fablemans. All right, so uh, first things first, let me just clear this up because uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but one thing I really do love about the Critics' Choice is uh, they aren't just limited to five nominations. They will nominate six, seven, sometimes eight uh, eight uh, films in a category, um, which I think is really cool. And I've been saying for years that I feel like the Oscars should also expand their categories a bit. Um, just because I feel like 
there's so many worthy films every fucking year and it always bums me when there's just so much that's left out and uh so that's why i I very much appreciate that a place like the critics choice are like you know what no we're not gonna just nominate five we're gonna nominate six six uh films for best score uh well actually in this case i guess oh no 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 i was gonna say they they nominated six films but they only nominated five people because hilder got in twice um but um but no i just i i i appreciate the fact that critics choice will go above and beyond for their nominations um so in this case we have six nominations for best score as opposed to five um and there will be five come the oscars so uh um just a heads up so uh thoughts on this uh i guess it's not too surprising although i'm really fucking peeved that hilder got in for tar not because i don't love her but because uh her score if you can even call it a score for tar it's 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 more sound design than it is score because there's the the whole movie is about kate blanchett is she's a big famous composer and so she's composing music as the film goes on but even then like the music that she's doing if i'm not mistaken is based off of actual music like it's it's she's doing like her version of a famous orchestra i think um or like a famous symphony from years and years and years ago so uh the fact that like if i think hilder maybe did the music for the orchestra but like can you really like why why nominate that i don't understand that and then there's like a lot of musical cues that i guess are mixed in with with the sound design throughout the film but I just, this is such a fucking bizarre nomination to me. Like, I really, truly did not understand this. Not that I don't love Hilda Guadagnutter. As I said before, I absolutely adore her and her work. Um, I knew she was getting in for Women Talking, but I just, uh, I'm a little baffled that the Critics' Choice really went ahead and nominated her for Tar when there's, there's like, I don't know, it's just such a weird nomination to me. Um, so... Uh, that came at the expense of Carter Burwell for uh, Banshees of Inisherin, who is sadly not here, which is dumb to me. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think Carter Burwell was going to get in at the Golden Globes, but I figured he was going to get in here, and uh, it turns out the opposite was true, which is nuts to me. Um, but very happy to see Michael Giacchino get in for, for best score here at the Critics' Choice. Um, don't think he's going to get the Oscar nomination, which kind of sucks, because that score is very, very good. Um but yeah, I, I think Batman's going to get very, very limited Oscar nominations, um, which again, I mean, I guess I'm not too, too upset about. I mean, there's definitely things that it de- definitely does deserve recognition for. Um, but yeah, I'm not going out there and going on a limb like a lot of a lot of DC fans are, or specifically the Batman fans are, and thinking that's going to get, oh, it's going to get cinematography, it's going to get adapted screenplay. No, the fuck it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. I love Matt Reeves, I love Greg Fraser, but that's not happening. Um, love Michael Giacchino, but yeah, I, I don't think... I think if he got the Golden Globe nomination, that would have really helped him, but I don't think he's going to get in for score. But I've been... Oh, the Academy and the, and the best score category, they always fuck me every year. They always baffle me with their decisions, so I could be very, very wrong. And if Batman gets in at the Oscars, that'd be awesome. But the stands right now, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm glad that he showed up at Critics' Choice. Um, who's winning? Uh, I also think Hilda Guadagnutter is going to win here. Four women talking. She's not fucking winning for Tar. That would be 
ludicrous. And and that's another thing. I don't think Tar is even eligible for best original score at the Oscars. So this 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 nomination is nonsense to me. Um, sorry, Hilder, I love you, but this you should have only been nominated for Women Talking, and you should win for Women Talking if it's really as good as everybody's saying it is. Knowing your work, I'm sure it is. Um, but come on. And I get it. Not like you you voted for yourself here. I know this is the critics that that did this, but it's just what the fuck, man. Um, all right, enough of that. On to best song. Uh, pretty much a exact lineup of the Golden Globes, except we got a six nomination. Uh, so I'll just go through the whole list again, though. Uh, so we've got Carolina from Where the Crawdads Sing, Ciao Papa from Pinocchio, Hold My Hand from Top Gun, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Natu Natu from RRR, and New Body Roomba from White Noise, which uh, didn't even know about that song. I uh, have not heard it, but, uh, you know, cool. I don't know who composed it, who sang it. I have no idea. Uh, so, yeah, that was the, the sixth nomination here. Um, who's winning this? So, um, who is winning this? Because I could see the critics going different from uh, the Golden Globes, and I could see them uh, they, I could see them giving this to Natu Natu for RRR. Um but I could also see this going to lift me up or hold my hand. I don't know. I'd like to see it go to lift my, lift me up or hold my hand. Again, my personal favorite would be lift me up. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the critics are going to go for. Might have to circle back to this. No, 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 no. We're here. I'm going to I'm gonna make a prediction. Um, I'm going to say that RRR is going to win here. I'm probably wrong. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that RRR wins best original song here. Just specifically with the critics. Um, again, probably wrong here, but we'll see. Uh, best foreign language film. All Quiet on the Western Front. Argentina 1985. Bardo. False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Close. Decision to Leave. And RRR. So, again, pretty much a repeat of the Golden Globes with the sixth nomination being Bardo. Which thought was going to show up at golden globes uh didn't but got in here uh what's winning uh i believe rr is going to win this and i'll explain why as i go along um but yeah i'll I'll come back to that um best animated feature guillermo del toro's pinocchio marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots the last wish turning red and wendell and wild uh only five nominations here that's a little surprising um What's winning? Uh, think, think Pinocchio is gonna sweep. I think Guillermo del Toro is gonna sweep this year for animated feature. Um, I think if it, if anything was gonna take that away, it'd probably be Marcel the Shell with shoes on, um, and that might maybe here is where Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won't win. But then again, the critics like adore this film, so I don't know. Um, I, I'm gonna stick with Pinocchio. I'm gonna stick with Pinocchio. Um, yeah. Oh. I'm just realizing, yeah, Strange World didn't get in here either. Um, so that movie might be done. I haven't seen it, but uh, sorry to the fans of that film. Um, best comedy. Uh, cause, uh, that's another thing. Critics' Choice do recognize comedy. They used to nominate individual performances in comedy. Uh, they did that years ago. I think they did that for a while. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Um, but anyways, so the nominees for best comedy are The Banshees of Inishirin, Bros, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Triangle of Sadness, and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So, 
very fucking happy to see The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I love that movie. I absolutely adored it. Um, so I'm very happy to see it get recognition here. Uh, would have been awesome if Nicolas Cage got a Golden Globe nomination for Best Performance by an Actor in a Comedy. Um, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. just would have been fun. Um, but I'm glad to see the movie pop up at the Critics' Choice for, for Best Comedy. It would have been even more cool if they gave him a, screen, a screenplay nomination, but I knew that was never happening. But again, one can dream. Um, what's winning here? Um, oh, this is a bit tough. Uh, because just like with the Golden Globes, I think it's a toss-up between Banshees and Everything Everywhere. Um, but I I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win here at Critics' Choice. And uh, again, for reasons, uh, I'll, I'll get into the reasons for why as I go along, because uh, I, I don't want to spoil stuff. Um, all right, on to uh, Best Visual Effects uh avatar the way of water the batman black panther wakanda forever everything everywhere all at once rrr and top gun maverick um first off uh very thrilled to see top gun and everything everywhere all at once get in here and also really cool that the batman got in here i will say um because uh top gun and batman very oh excuse me uh top gun maverick and the batman used a lot of practical effects, which I think is really fucking great. And I always am a fan just, uh, of when practical special effects get in for the visual effects nominations because uh, visual effects does not strictly mean best CGI people. Um, that's that's There's a lot that goes into special effects. It's not just the CGI. That's only a part of it. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, so and with everything, everywhere, all at once... Uh, the directors, the Daniels had said, like, uh, they, they took, like, some, or they, they go, they went off, like, YouTube tutor, uh, tutorials on how to do visual effects, and, uh, you know, they, they had a very tiny budget for when they made this film, so the fact that, uh, the visual effects were as impressive as they were in Everything Everywhere is so goddamn great that, uh, I'm really glad to see it get in here, and I hope it gets nominated at the Oscar for visual effects, that'd be fucking awesome. Um, but what's winning this, I, Avatar. Avatar is going to win this. That's just, uh, it, duh. Avatar is winning. Um, all right. Best hair and makeup. We've got Babylon, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Whale. Um, what is going to win this? Because, uh, there's a case to be made for quite a few of these, to be honest. Um, oh man, I mean, with the whale, Brendan Fraser has the whole, uh, all the prosthetics on him to make him look a lot heavier, um, but then think of the Batman and what they transformed Colin Farrell into for the Penguin, just crazy impressive stuff, uh, Black Panther, which won this award, uh, years ago for the first one, um, very deserved, uh, oh, no, no, actually, I, uh, cor I'm sorry, I stand corrected, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Black Panther actually got snubbed in this category at the Oscars, and, um, I think it might have been nominated at the Critics' Choice, uh, the first one, I mean, I I'm gonna, I'm doing a fact check on myself real quick, so bear with me for one moment, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was nominated for Best Hair and Makeup at the Critics' Choice, but did not win, and was not nominated at the Oscars, which is a little baffling. Um, okay, uh, but the makeup is very, very good. Or the hair and makeup, not just the makeup. The hair and makeup was very good in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, Elvis, um... Also fantastic, all the stuff that they did for Tom Hanks and for Austin Butler and everybody else. Very, very good stuff here. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Also, it's it's like a lot more subtle. I mean, I, I, maybe subtle's the wrong word for that because uh, if you've seen the movie, you'll know like there's all the different multiverses and we get all the quick cuts of, uh, of all the characters or specifically like Michelle Yeoh through all the different universes and just get all these different looks. Um, it's all very, very well done. Um, so I guess, I guess in this case, it's not so in your face. Like it's, it's not like Michelle Yeoh is in, uh, she's got all this hair and makeup, like, very specific for her character throughout the entire film, like Colin Farrell in the, in, as Penguin in the Batman or something like that. If, if maybe that's, if, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Uh, it's probably a bunch of nonsense, but, um, yeah, I don't know, and then I haven't seen Babylon yet, but just from all the trailers and all the footage I've seen for it, you know, I, I could just see all the hair and makeup that was put into making that look like the 1920s, and it does look fantastic, so, um, man, this is a, this is a tough one, I'm really struggling as to what's actually gonna win this year, um, who knows, maybe, maybe the Critics' Choice will go for everything everywhere all at once here, um, but then again, ah, damn, damn, this is hard. Uh, okay, let, let me put it this way. What do I think is going to win the Oscar? If that's what the Critics' Choice is going for and they're just trying to predict what the Oscars are going to go for, which of these do I think is winning the Oscar? Damn, that's a hard one. Uh, maybe Elvis, to be honest with you. They might go for Elvis. Man, but I would love to see Black Panther win. I'd love to see Batman win. I'd love to see everything everywhere all at once win. Haven't seen the whale yet. Haven't seen Babylon yet. Fudge sickle. Um, all right, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go for Elvis, especially because uh, if Austin Butler does end up winning the Oscar, um, there's always the a makeup win for a transformative role always correlates very well. Just happened last year with Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. It happened in 2018 with Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. Um, so, if I mean again, but the same case could be made for Brendan Fraser then at that point because uh, if he wins the Oscar, then that might win Best Makeup uh, to complement his award. But as it stands right now, I, I I have Austin Butler winning the Oscar, and uh, I just I do think that the Academy is going to go more for all the all the many different hairstyles and all the makeup that was done uh, for for Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. So I'm going to go with hair and makeup Elvis. That's what's winning here. That's my prediction. All right. Costume design. Uh, Ruth E. Carter for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Love her. Uh, Jenny Egan for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh, Shirley Carrada for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Catherine Martin for Elvis. Uh, Gersha Phillips for The Woman King, and Mary Zophers for Babylon. 
All right. So I love the costumes for the first Black Panther. I very much love the costumes for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. All the stuff with the, the Talokan and Namor. I loved the costumes. And so I'd be very thrilled to see Ruth Carter win here again. Uh, because she did win this award um, for the first Black Panther uh, film. And went on to win the Oscar for Best Costume Design. And very rightfully so. So uh, I think it would be great if she won again. And uh, she was she won uh, for her work on Dolomite Is My Name at the Critics' Choice a couple years ago. And also very rightfully deserved. Did not even get nominated for the Oscar, though, which was bullshit in my opinion. Um, so, man, but this is a, this is a good category, though. Um, I would love to see Ruth, Ruthie Carter win, but, uh, honestly, I think it might, this might be an Elvis win. It might just be an Elvis win. Uh, Catherine Martin, she's a phenomenal costume designer and an equally phenomenal production designer. Uh, she is Baz Luhrmann's wife and she works, you know, they're, I, I think they're producing partners if I'm not mistaken, which is awesome. Um, but regardless, they every film they do together uh she's always doing costumes and she's always doing production design which is crazy the fact that she's doing both and so exceptionally well in both is crazy like let me put it this way uh katherine martin has four oscars uh she's won two for costume designs and two for production designs um again let me let me fact check myself i know she has four oscars but i just want to make sure that uh she's two and two for for both categories so just bear with me for one moment um Catherine martin and yes and she is she is a producer uh as well with with her husband baz i knew it i knew it so she's man she's fucking awesome dude holy cow um let's see yep she won for costume design and production design for great gatsby and she won for costume design and production design for moulin rouge so yeah there you go um and poor baz hasn't won a single oscar yet uh but his wife is over here with four and potentially might have six <laughs> come this award season by by the time the oscars roll, roll around so uh we'll see um but yeah Catherine martin the oscars adore her she's fantastic so uh, and man and the the costumes really did impress the shit out of me when i was watching elvis even just from the trailer like all the quick shots we saw of all the different looks that elvis has had i was really really impressed with uh the costume design so uh it would not surprise me in the slightest if Catherine martin wins this um i could see babylon maybe but i i don't know i don't think that i think you know, I think Babylon's going to get a lot of nominations, including the Oscar for costume design, like nomination, I should say. But um, yeah, I think this is going to come down to uh, Catherine Martin versus uh, Ruth Carter for, for Black Panther. I'm very surprised that Knives Out got nominated here um, because the costumes are cool in, in Glass Onion. But um, I really thought uh, if, if this if Knives Out was going to get one of these like, uh, ooh, excuse me one of these uh like design awards like costume design production design i thought it would get production design so i guess spoiler alert it didn't uh which really surprised me i was like man how are you gonna nominate it in costume design but not production design like that's crazy to me um but uh yeah uh i guess we'll just skip to that category 
Um, so best production design. We've got Hannah Beachler and Lisa K. Sessions for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Rick Carter and Karen O'Hara for The Fablemans. <coughs> uh, Dylan Cole, Ben Proctor, Vanessa Cole for Avatar The Way of Water. Jason Kisvaradi, Kisvarde, Kelsey Ephraim for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, Jason. I know I probably did. Uh, Catherine Martin again uh, with Karen Murphy and Bev Dunn for Elvis. And Florencia Martin and Anthony Carlino for Babylon. Um, so... Hannah Beachler won this award for Best Production Design at Critics' Choice uh, for the first Black Panther. Um, she went on to win the Oscar. Her The sets that she did for Wakanda Forever were beautiful, um, especially her stuff for, for the Talokan. So uh, I would be – this is another one. I'd be very thrilled to see her win here. Um, very surprised that uh, Avatar got in. Uh but again, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really speak on it. But uh, that's cool. Um, love the sets for everything, everywhere. Very cool. Um, again, you know, I, man, this might be... Catherine Martin might win two more Oscars, I'm telling you. And uh, I, I think I'm going to bet on her for, for production design. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Hannah Beachler wins again. And also The Fablemans has really good sets, too. The production design is very, very good. And, you know, recreating all these memorable moments. Uh, memorable moments for spielberg in his life i thought was very awesome um but yeah i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stick with Catherine martin and karen murphy bev don for elvis so uh elvis that's gonna be my winner here um all right best editing we've got tom cross for babylon eddie hamilton for top gun maverick uh steven rifkin david brenner john rafoa and james cameron avatar the way of water i always forget that james cameron will, will do the editing for his films which is really cool um we got paul rogers for everything everywhere all at once matt villa and jonathan redmond for elvis and monica willie for uh tar all right so little surprise that tar got in here not to say it's not deserving tar is very well edited um also very surprised to see avatar get in here um was not expecting that the rest i was i was expecting um but yeah uh a little sad that uh oh i should mention this yeah banshee's has been like banshee still did really well here I'll, I'll, like i'll get to that when i go through the rest of the nominations but uh i was a little surprised that banshee's didn't pick up uh any of these previously mentioned tech awards and it i was really surprised that it missed editing um so yeah that was a little surprising and the fact that they went for tar over banshees for for editing at the critics choice is a little shocking i don't know if this hurts its oscar chances i don't think it does um but yeah just uh just just surprising is all um but yeah so what do i think's winning best editing um so here for critics choice I could see them giving this to everything everywhere all at once and man that would be a fantastic winner um but I would love to see Eddie Hamilton win for Top Gun Maverick I thought the editing for that film was incredible and uh uh one thing that has been brought to my attention over the past couple years which um I think has been a streak uh at the Oscars for a long time now is 
at the Oscars, best editing usually correlates with a best sound win. So before there used to be two sound categories at the Oscars, now they've merged them into one. Um, so if your film wins best sounds, chances are it will win best editing. And that's been the case for, I think, every movie uh, of the 2020, or not 2020s, um, of like the 2000s onward. I think the only times that that didn't happen were, um, again, and there were two separate, there were two sound categories for a while at one point, but, um, I want to say the only time that didn't happen was with Argo, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, now there's probably a couple others, because, yeah, I don't think, the, the Departed didn't win sound, um, that one editing. Um, but, okay, let's just put it this way. A lot of the times when a film uh wins a sound award it also wins editing so uh i think top gun is going to win sound at the oscars and i think that it's going to win editing at the oscars uh, the critics choice might shake it up a bit they might go for paul rogers for everything everywhere all at once and again that'd be a fucking fantastic win i'd be so thrilled about that um but yeah i would love to see eddie hamilton win um he's a brilliant editor and uh his work on top gun was just fucking spectacular so i'm gonna go with eddie hamilton but uh would not surprise me in the slightest if the the critics choice want to just reward everything everywhere all at once for as much as it can and and again this would be a really good one for them to give it to and i could i could definitely see critics choice going for everything everywhere here so uh take your pick people i I, i'm going with top gun but don't be surprised if everything everywhere ends up taking it all right um let's go to we already did production design best cinematography so we've got russell carpenter for avatar the way of water roger deakins sir roger deakins now finally knighted uh goddamn the best to ever do it uh nominated for empire of light florian hoffmeister for tar uh janusz kaminski for the fablemans claudio miranda for top gun maverick and lena sangren for babylon all right so uh, Lena Sandgren, Janusz Kaminski, and Roger Deakins are some of my all-time favorite cinematographers, uh, with Roger Deakins being the absolute number one, in my humble opinion. Um, have not seen Empire of Light, like I've mentioned a couple times now, but, um, yeah, uh, Roger Deakins, whenever he gets nominated for anything, I'm just like, well, of course, it's Roger fucking Deakins, like, what do you expect? This man is, like, the greatest cinematographer alive. Um... So, uh, not that surprised that he got a, he got, uh, some love for Empire of Light, so that's, that's cool, but, uh, was definitely surprised to see, uh, Florian Hoffmeister sneak in here for Tar. I mean, the cinematography is very good in Tar, so it's not like this is undeserving, but, um, I will say I'm a little bummed, because this is yet another award that Banshees of Inishirin did not get nominated for, and that's really upsetting, because... One of my favorite things about Banshees is the cinematography. Just everything about how that movie was shot was just so fucking spectacular that I'm a little little sad that it's not here. Again, I think I think it's getting in at the Oscars, so I'm not that sad. But uh, I, I'll be very fucking sad if it misses the Oscar for cinematography. But, um, but yeah, uh, I guess I just thought this would be an easy one that would be in here, especially because, you know, uh, Critics' Choice nominated six films here, and uh, instead they went for Tar uh a little surprised um but yeah love lena sandgren uh his work for babylon looks 
uh, spectacular. Uh, Claudio Miranda has been winning a lot of these smaller awards for cinematography, which is surprising, but in a really cool way. It's like when Inception won cinematography. It's like, God, you know, Inception's my favorite film. It's like 1A and 1B with The Matrix for my favorite film. Um, so, of course, I was fucking over the moon happy when it won cinematography, and it was so well-deserved. But it's just not one – it's not a, a, a film that, like, would typically go on to win cinematography. And that's how I'm feeling with Top Gun, where I'm like, man, the cinematography is so good. It's just not a movie I would be thinking to myself, like, oh, yeah, that's going to win cinematography at all these awards and the Oscars. And then it just goes on and does because it's just so well done. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I think – uh, I think I'm leaning towards Top Gun Maverick winning cinematography here, and I'd be very thrilled about that if that ends up happening. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's going to be my pick. Good old Top Gun Maverick. All right. Da, 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 da. Best adapted screenplay. So we've got Samuel D. Hunter for The Whale, Kazuo Ishiguro for Living, uh, Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Rebecca Lenkiewicz which which sorry rebecca mispronouncing your last name uh for she said and sarah polly for women talking all right so uh very 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 surprised that uh living got a nomination here um i really was not expecting that uh again i haven't seen the film yet like I said before i i, I didn't even realize until very recently that it was uh an english adaptation of a an akira kurosawa film um but uh yeah so that was uh very surprising when uh this got this got nominated last week um again maybe it's deserving i just i don't know yet um i haven't seen she said or women talking yet just because they're well she said was out i just haven't gotten a chance to see that in theaters yet um but women talking is not out yet um, and I haven't seen The Well, also not in theaters yet. So uh, out of these, I've only seen Glass Onion, uh, which is a absolutely fantastic screenplay. Um, but who's winning this? I very much think that uh, Sarah Polly's going to win for Women Talking. Um, I'm a little sad, though, that Top Gun Maverick didn't get nominated here. I was really hoping that that would, that would uh, sneak in. And uh, instead, they went, with, uh, they went with Living. Very, very bizarre. Um, but yeah, uh, Sarah Polly's probably going to win this, so I'm betting on her. Um, best original screenplay. Got Todd Field for Tar. Oh, oh no. I just tipped my microphone over. Oh, sorry. Sorry, people. I'll, I'll try and edit that. <coughs> Alright, uh, sorry. Let's redo that. On to best original screenplay. We've got Todd Field for Tar. Uh, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner for The Fablemans, and very, very happy to be here, in my opinion. I'm very, very happy for this one. Charlotte Wells for After Sun. I recently saw After Sun. Uh, A24 did like a little screener room thing because it was not playing in any theaters near me. Um, so uh, A24 was like, hey, uh, for one night only, if you pay like 20 bucks or something, uh, you can, you, you can just watch the movie on your computer. And I was like, man, I've been dying to see After Sun. I've only heard spectacular things about it. And boy, oh boy, this movie fucking destroyed me. It's so, so good. And the fact this is like Charlotte Wells' like first film, like, th that's craziness to me. That is craziness. She did such a fucking fantastic job with this film. And it was, uh, based off of her own real life experiences. It's a very personal film for her. 
ah, just blew me away. So I was very thrilled that this got a nomination here. Um, I would love to see her win. Um, but man, but I gotta say though, this is a tough category because uh, all of these, all of these movies in this category, I have seen and I love each and every one of these screenplays. Um, I'm still, I think my favorite is still Banshees of Inisherin. Um, but I think original screenplay, they're probably, Critics' Choice is probably going to go with everything everywhere at once, and you're not going to hear me complain about that. Um, again, if I had my way, it would be a split where Martin McDonough wins screenplay here, and, uh, you know, the Daniels win the director awards. Um, but I, I could see, but you know what, I, I will say this too, and I should maybe throw this out there, that, uh, the Critics' Choice they're usually known to have ties uh, quite a lot. Like, I think every year for the past few years, they usually ends up being a tie in at least one category. Um, like, years ago when Bong Joon-ho uh, won Best Director, he, him and Sam Mendes tied for, for Best Director Critics' Choice, which I thought was really cool. And then Glenn Close and Lady Gaga tied for Best Actress, which made me so fucking happy at Critics' Choice uh, years ago. So, um, yeah, you know what? <laughs> All right. Call me crazy. Call me absolutely crazy. But I'm going to guess, and it's because it's, it's so hard to predict when there's going to be a tie. Because you just, you never know. Nobody ever thinks that there's going to be a tie anywhere. Uh, but tie is predicting that there's going to be a fucking tie at, at the Critics' Choice. And I'm going to predict that it's happening in original screenplay. And I'm going to guess that it's going to be split between everything, everywhere, all at once, and Banshees of Inishirin. That's going to be my 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 bold, bold prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. I'm probably going to be dead fucking wrong because, again, it's so hard to predict when a tie is going to happen. But that's my guess, and I really hope that ends up being the case. I'd be very, very happy. So, yeah, let's go with that. All right. Now, on to Best Director. So I kind of was talking about this earlier, that they did something really crazy this year. I don't know if this is going to be how it is going forward, but... Critics' Choice nominated 10 directors for Best Director, and they are James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water, Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Todd Field for Tar, Baz Luhrmann for Elvis, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin, Sarah Polly for Women Talking, Gina Prince-Bythewood, I think that's how you pronounce her name, uh, for The Woman King. S.S. Rajamuli for RRR, and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. So, uh, first off, you know, again, I'm, I am happy that the Critics' Choice don't just stick to five. They're like, no, there's so many great directors this year, we would like to recognize uh, more than just five. Um, but the fact that they actually went ahead and just nominated ten, um, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, because it's like, okay, cool, awesome, all these very deserving, phenomenal directors are getting recognition, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, I, I'm almost like, did they do this just because they don't want to, they don't want to get criticized for excluding people like Sarah Polly or S.S. Rajamuli or Gina Prince-Bythewood because they know if, if they don't get in, they're going to get hit with accusations of rec uh, racism or sexism or what have you. Um, because that's, that's what I was talking about earlier where I'm like, you know, uh, it, uh, the Golden Globes have gotten in flack for this, uh, they gotten flack for this before with, um, when they didn't nominate, uh, Greta Gerwig for best director at the Golden Globes back in like 2018. Um, and Natalie Portman, it's been such a memeable moment now, uh, where she's like, when she was presenting the award with, 
uh, Ron Howard, and she was like, and here are the all-male nominees, and everyone was like, oh. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but it just, again, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't believe that people should be nominating based off of quotas. Like, I'm a huge fucking champion for diversity and representation and, and inclusivity, and I think that representation especially is very very important especially in this industry um and i think that starts that starts with the opportunities that filmmakers and actors and everyone in the industry are provided and for people of color lgbtq members um women you know uh it starts with the opportunities that they're granted um, because you know you can't get nominated for oscars and critics choice and golden globes and all these other awards if if you're not getting the opportunities to, to make your films and to tell your stories. So <clears throat> I think there's been a lot of progress made over the years, and I'm very glad <clears throat> that more and more, uh, you know, more, there's a lot more inclusivity with, with the films that are getting nominated and getting seen by audiences and getting the recognition that they do deserve. Um, but at the end of the day, I also don't want, I don't want to see this boil down to, okay, well, um, we need to include a woman in best director because if we don't, then that's going to be a bad look for us. It's like okay, you know, if if you're if you're if you're leaving a woman out, like let's say like if the Golden Globes were like, all right, well, we're Sarah Bali did a great job directing, but you know we don't we don't want to reward a woman for best director. Then, like, if they were voting against her because of the fact that she's a woman, well, yeah, of course, then that's fucked up, and they shouldn't be doing that. But if it just comes down to, hey, look, she was great, but we just felt the other five were, were better, and so that's who we voted for, you know, then there shouldn't be something wrong. Like, that that shouldn't be an issue then. Like, that, and it just bothers me that, uh, especially a lot of film Twitter people just can't comprehend that, you know. It, and again, my, my whole thing has been... You know, imagine, imagine robbing women of, of their voice in 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 voting, like because again, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not a woman, and I'm not a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press or any of these critics associations or voting bodies that make up these award shows. But um, I could just like, I, I could just imagine how insulting that must be. Thinking that, oh, uh, I'm a woman, so that means I have to vote for Sarah Polly, and I have to vote for Gina Prince-Bythewood because they're women, and, you know, we gotta, we gotta represent. Like, because what if they're like, well, no, like, I, I, maybe I want to vote for James Cameron and Steven Spielberg and Martin McDonough and Baz Luhrmann, and, um, yeah, like, maybe I feel like they were the top five directors of the year, and I'm gonna vote for them. I'm not, I don't care if they're, they're men or women. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's so... Again, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble for, for talking about that, and I apologize. I'm really not trying to offend anybody here, but it just it does upset me that, you know, we, we, we're kind of like, it's like we're taking one step forward every year. It's like we're, we're making progress, progress slowly but surely, but then, you know, if, if uh, things don't go the way that uh, people want them to, then it's like, oh, it's three steps backwards, like happened a couple of years back with... Um, <clears throat> at the uh, 2020 Oscars when uh, Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for director for Little Women at the Oscars and it was all five men. Um, you know, that was a 
that was a bad, there was a ton of backlash for that. Um, there was a lot of backlash at the BAFTAs, which, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till I get to my BAFTA nominations predictions, um, when I go into how I feel about the changes they've made and how much they piss me off. But, uh, anyways, I'm, I'm ranting on, but, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, I, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little confused by why the Critics' Choice decided to go for a full 10. Like, if they did, like, seven or eight i'd be like okay i get that because i think they've done that before with with directors and they've definitely done that before with actors and actresses so that wouldn't surprise me too much but the fact that they went for a full 10 just i don't know that tells me that they're too afraid to leave anybody out and i think it's uh, i think i do genuinely think it's just they're afraid of of the backlash they would get if they left any of these people out um well maybe not if they didn't if they left Baz Luhrmann and todd field out or you know like i don't think anyone would have been like devastated about that um but yeah i don't know well i guess we'll i don't know if we'll ever find out why they did this but again it's uh, at the end of the day i am happy to see 10 nominees um because you know i'm always trying to champion these uh, filmmakers especially these filmmakers like like these filmmakers that i very much admire um but the, the one thing I will say that does really suck about this is that it really – it doesn't help us narrow down who's going to get in at the Oscars or who we think's going to get in at the Oscars because, um, I mean, the five that were nominated at the Golden Globes are all nominated here. James Cameron, Baz Luhrmann, The Daniels, uh, Martin McDonough, uh, Steven Spielberg, like they're all, they're all here. So, uh, you know, none of them missed their, their – they're nominated both Golden Globes and Critics' Choice, and we did get Sarah Polly in, so, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, is this a better chance for her to get nominated for the Oscar now? I don't know, because it, she didn't she didn't kick anybody out. Like, everybody's here, so it's really hard to say, like, where, where the, the next step for the directors is going to go. Um, ultimately, I think it might just boil down to what happens at DGA, honestly. Um... But I don't know, BAFTA also is a fucking curveball, but even then, it's hard to predict with their nominations nowadays, but again, I'll, I'll get to that eventually in another video in the future. Uh, anyways, okay, I spent a lot of time talking about this, sorry. Um, who's winning director here? Um, fuck, who is winning director here? Because um, I don't think Critics' Choice are going to go for Spielberg. I think the Globes might, I don't think Critics' Choice will. Uh, I think Critics' Choice are going to lean for the Daniels, and I'd be very happy if they won here. That'd be fucking excellent. So I'm going to go with the Daniels here. <clears throat> All right. Best Acting Ensemble. Um, Oscars don't do ensembles for some reason, so uh, you know there won't be a, anything like this at the Oscars. There will be for SAG, um, but not at the Oscars. <clears throat> the nominees are... Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, uh, Nice Up Mystery, The Woman King, and Women Talking. Um, man, who's winning here? Because Glass Onion has a great cast. Um, all these films have fucking great casts, to be honest. Um, there's a case to be made for any one of them, actually. Um... I'm going to guess that uh, Everything Everywhere is going to win here. Um, and honestly, I mean, all the performances of that film, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue and James Hong and Ki-Hoi Kwan and, of course, Michelle Yeoh. Um, yeah, I would be, that'd be, that'd be a good win. Very, 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 very good win. 
but man, I'd be happy to see Banshees win with all the with Kerry Condon and Barry Kilgan, Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell. Man, but, oh, man, I'm like going through and I'm like looking at this list more and more, and I'm like, man, Woman King, Viola Davis, and um, Lashana Lynch, and then I'm like, women talking. I'm thinking like Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Francis McDormand, Brent, Ben Wishaw. I'm like, God, oh, man, like such a so many good casts this year. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go out and say everything everywhere. But I'm not. I'm not too confident. Not because I'm not confident in their performances and their chances of winning. I'm just like, man, there's just a good case to make for any one of these films. To be quite honest. So, um, but yeah, I'm just right now. I'm gonna stick with everything everywhere. Best young actor slash actress again. Another category that will not be at the Oscars. They. This is just a Critics' Choice thing. We've got Frankie Corio for After Sun, Jalen Hall for Till. Gabriel LaBelle for The Fablemans, Bella Ramsey for Catherine Called Birdie, never never heard of that film, uh, Banks Rapetta for Armageddon Time, and Sadie Sink for The Whale. Uh, I would absolutely love to see Frankie Corio win for After Sun, but uh, uh, the only two films here that I've seen are After Sun and The Fablemans, and Gabriel LaBelle I thought was fantastic as little steven spielberg so um i'd be very happy to see either one of those two win um but if i had to guess what i think the best young actor slash actress award is going to go to um i'm gonna guess gabriel labelle i think they're gonna go with him they they very much love the fablemans uh granted with all of its nominations that it has so um i'm gonna go with gonna go with gabriel labelle Oh, holy shit, we're just now getting to the, the actual acting categories now. My goodness. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we've been talking a while. Sorry, everybody. It might be a longer podcast. Let's check in and see where we're at. Ooh, over an hour and a half. All right. Okay, Best Supporting Actress. Angela Bassett, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Jesse Buckley, Women Talking, Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Sue, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Janelle Monet, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Alright, so, very much love this lineup. Very happy that Angela Bassett got in here again. I, you know, I knew she was getting at Globes, but she got in at Critics' Choice too. That's fucking awesome. Um, Finally, some love for the Women Talking cast. Uh, Jesse Buckley got in here for Supporting Actress. Uh, no Claire Foy, though. Sucks. But again, haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Um, very happy about Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Sue, Janelle Monet. Love it. And uh, I knew Critics' Choice were going to go with Stephanie Sue here, and, I, and so I was glad to see both her and Jamie Lee Curtis. Because like I said with the Golden Globes, I knew Stephanie Sue wasn't going to get in at Golden Globes. I knew they were going to favor Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, but... Yeah, if they if Critics Choice left Stephanie Sue out, my God, we would have been having some serious problems. Um, and now begs the question: Who's winning supporting actress here? I think Carrie Condon's going to win supporting actress here, and I think she's going to win the Oscar. Um, but yeah, I just I have Angela Bassett winning the the Golden Globe, but I have Carrie Condon winning Critics Choice here, um, which would be very deserved. Uh, I fucking love Carrie Condon's performance, but again, honestly, case to be made for all these. Again, again, I haven't seen Jesse Buckley's performance yet. Sure, it's great. I love her. Um, but maybe, maybe Janelle Monet could be a spoiler there uh, for Glass Onion, which would be very awesome. She fucking stole the show in, in Glass Onion. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Carrie Condon's got it, though, and I would love to see her win because her performance was fantastic in Banshees. <clears throat> All right, on to supporting actor. 
got Paul Dano for the Fablemans, Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees of Inishirin, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for the Banshees of Inishirin, Kihoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. So, man, uh, Critics' Choice really went, all right, we're going to nominate both Fablemans boys and both uh, Banshees boys. So, both Banshees boys in a Golden Globe and Critics' Choice. Fucking crazy, but awesome. And uh, even though both Fableman's boys missed Golden Globes, both got in at Critics' Choice. Crazy. And then, of course, our winner here, Kihoi Kwan, Everything Everywhere at Once. Again, like, people, we just gotta accept. He's sweeping. He's gonna sweep this season. It's gonna be the most well-deserved award of the night. It's gonna be incredible. Um, So let's just brace ourselves now. Um, and then Brian Tyree Henry still haven't seen Causeway, but I just love Brian Tyree Henry. So I'm very happy that he got nominated here. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, as I covered Kihoi Kwan over and done. All right. Best actress. All right. Tough one. Uh, I mean, great category here. Nominees, uh, or the nominees, uh, Kate Blanchett, Tar, Viola Davis, the woman King, Daniel Deadweiler, Till, Margot Robbie, Babylon, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Alright. So like I've been saying, this is really a duel of the fates between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. Uh, honestly, I have no idea who's winning out of these two for Best Actress. And I say that just moving forward, but especially with critics, because they've both been winning their fair share of like the smaller individual critics awards. Um... So I could really see this going either way. Um, man, I know how much the, the Critics' Choice are loving everything everywhere. But man, I, they might they might go with Kate Blanchett and Tar. They really might. I, 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 the more I think about it, the more I think that Michelle Yeoh will win the Oscar. I think she's probably going to win BAFTA and she's probably going to win SAG. Um, and that's that's... A lot more important than I'd say any of these other awards are, uh, to be honest. So, uh, but yeah, I think Kate Blanchett might win Best Actress here, and then from here on out, uh, Michelle Yeoh might take the rest. So that's going to be my prediction. But yeah, it'd be great if Michelle Yeoh won here. I mean, again, I'd be very thrilled with either of these ladies winning. Um, Michelle Williams is great in Fablemans. Uh, she probably should have been supporting, but again, I, I understand why she's in lead, and it's cool. It's fine. She's great. Um, and I haven't seen Till Babylon or Woman King yet. I'll get around to it, ladies. I promise. All right. Best actor. Another tough one. Um, Austin Butler, Elvis, Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick. Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser, The the Whale, uh, Paul Mescal, After Sun, and Bill Nye, Living. So, so thrilled Paul Mescal is here. I really hope he gets nominated at the Oscars. Probably not going to happen, sadly, but I would really, really love to see him get in. Um, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, that this is what convinced me that the Globes were still, were, were still like, uh, ups, like, they, they were... Why am I why am I blanking on a on a on a word here? Um, yeah, they're still holding a grudge, holding a grudge. I guess uh, they're holding a grudge against top uh, Tom Cruise for uh, trying to give back his Golden Globe wins. Um, so, because I'm like, how is he? How does Tom Cruise miss Golden Globes but still ends up at in Critics Choice? Like, come on! I mean, I'm thrilled he's here at Critics Choice, so he's kind of back in the race again. Um, 
but yeah, that just kind of sealed the deal for me that uh, the Golden Globes are still just, uh, they're still hurt. They're still hurting over Tom Cruise being like, hey, be better with your representation and the diversity amongst your voters. And they're like, eh, shut up, Tom Cruise. That's that's how I imagine that, that went. Um, but now, who the fuck's winning here? Because my boy Colin Farrell has been getting every award that you could win at any uh, all these individual smaller critic circles from all around the United States. Colin Farrell is winning. He's winning them all. Um, so, do I think that's going to translate into the Critics' Choice actor win? It very well could. I mean, I know it's like the the big showdown everybody's been talking about, myself included, has been between Austin Butler and uh, and Brendan Fraser, but uh, I mean, we could be seeing like a repeat of Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, where you know she's just been slowly but surely just kind of winning all these awards, and everybody's still talking about Glenn Close or Lady Gaga, and then come Oscar time and. You know, Olivia Coleman wins. I'm thinking this that could happen with Colin Farrell, and honestly, I'd be so happy about it because his performance was so fucking good in Banshees. I would just love to see him win an Oscar, but I'd also really love to see Austin Butler win, and I'd love to see Brendan Fraser go up and get the recognition he he deserves. Like, oh man, oh god, who is winning here? Who is winning? Fuck. Okay. Um. Oh god damn it! God damn it! Okay, all right. I'm gonna go with Colin Farrell. I'm gonna go with Colin Farrell. I think this. I think he's gonna win the Critics' Choice. I'm gonna go with it. Probably gonna be wrong. We'll see. But uh, if all of these critics are loving Colin Farrell, and then it comes to the actual Critics' Choice Association, then I'm gonna go with Colin Farrell. Again, I'd love to see Austin Butler. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick stick by Colin Farrell for now. It's, again, so well deserved if he wins this. Um, but yeah. All right, last category. We've got Best Picture. Another kind of crazy fucking thing they did here. So they nominated 10 people for director, but they nominated 11 films in Best Picture. And those films are Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, RRR, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, and women talking. So, RRR, getting some best picture love. Um, so, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to international features at the Oscars, um, if a film, ha- or if a, if a, if a country has uh, more than one candidate eligible, it comes down to the country as to which one they're going to choose to be submitted for for Oscars because they can only pick one. So, in this case, India decided not to push uh, RRR to be eligible for the Best International Feature uh, uh, Oscar. Um, That doesn't mean RRR isn't eligible for any Oscars in any other categories, but it's just it will not be eligible for Best International feature film at at the oscars so that's the only one it won't be eligible for so it'll be eligible for all the other categories but i just cannot understand for the fucking life of me why india did not go with rrr like that's crazy to me with how much people love that film uh it's, it's baffling but the fact that 
uh, RRR has now gotten uh, a Best Director nomination here at Critics' Choice and a Best Picture nomination. Leads me to believe that that will win. Uh, th- that's why it's winning. Um, it's going to win Foreign Language Film at Critics' Choice. So, yeah, there's that. Um, but, yeah, again, it's like with, with 11 Best Picture nominees, I mean, normally the Critics' Choice nominate 10, which I, I love the fact that they nominate 10, but I'm just like, again, the fact that they, they really went for an 11th, um, I don't know why they did that. Um, what's winning? Everything Everywhere All Wants is definitely winning here. It's got 14 nominations. It's winning. It's without a doubt winning this award. And this is just one more uh, step for it to win its Best Picture Oscar come the Oscars, which I'd be... <laughs> Oh, God, I'd be so happy. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, what's getting left out at the Oscars from this 10? Um, yeah, I think Glass Onion. I don't, like as much as I love that movie, um, I don't see Glass Onion getting in at Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. Again, not to knock that film. I very much love that film. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't I don't see it happening. I think, honestly, uh, I think the other ten here: um, Avatar, Babylon, Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Fablemans, RRR, Tar, Top Gun, and Women Talking. I think that's as it stands right now. That's the ten I'm getting in at the Oscars, and I've had that ten, and this list uh, just further further my confidence. <clears throat> So, yeah, that is that is it, friends. Um, those are my predictions for... Or those are the nominations for the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice this year. Um, I will be doing more award season coverage as more nominations come out. We do have a bit of a gap. Um, although, I will say, I think in two days we get the Oscar shortlists announced, which... Um, they only release a couple categories, so it's not like the all the categories... That, that the Oscars have will have short lists and really all that does is just kind of um, I think it limits all the eligible films in certain categories like visual effects and score and song and I think like makeup and other like smaller awards um, it diminishes like all the ones that were eligible down to like I think it's 10 and I think and then it's from those 10 is when uh five will be nominated for come the Oscars when the, the, the rounds of voting starting or start for, for the actual Oscar voting. So, uh, yeah, I believe that's happening on Wednesday. Uh, so, uh, in my next, in next week's podcast episode with, uh, any updates I might have for awards season, I'll be sure to talk about that. Um, and I am working, cause I do this every year, um, where I'll have a word document that just covers all the films. Like I have a template set up for all the, uh, film categories and, uh, um, I'll mark down as I go, like, okay, you know, everything everywhere all at once got it in a golden globes, critics choice, AFI. Oh, you know what? While we're on the subject, cause this will be quick. Uh, the, the AFI awards, uh, it's another kind of bigger awards thing. Um, they do like a top 10 every year. Um, and the thing is, they're the American Film Institute. That's what AFI stands for. So uh, their top ten are strictly um, American films. So in this case, this year's top ten are Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Nope, She Said, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, The Woman King, and Women Talking. And the other thing is they do a, 
AFI, there's a category called the AFI Special Award, which usually goes to um, an international film or a non-American film every year. So, uh, and those so and that that special award typically goes on to be a big Best Picture contender. So in this case, this year, it's The Banshees of Inishir, uh, but because that's a British slash Irish film, it's obviously not an American film. Um, that is this year's uh, AFI Special Award. So. Um, what do the AFIs really mean? Because, uh, you know, again, I don't I don't consider them part of, like, the top five or anything like that. But, um, I mean, these definitely help. And they, there is a pretty good correlation between AFI top ten and what ends up being nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think typically they usually will go... I mean, uh, it kind of depends because... Uh, the Oscars only just recently went back to nominating a full ten uh, best picture nominee, uh, ten best picture nominees, which I thought was fucking stupid that they stopped doing that in the first place. Ever since they made it a thing in two thousand ten, I don't know why they backtracked from that. That was so fucking stupid on their behalf. Um, but as of this past year's Oscars, the twenty twenty one Oscars, uh, they uh, they went back to having a set 10 best picture nominees every year now so uh but because there were years where we'd only get like eight or nine best picture nominees um it'd be kind of hard to say which was what was left out from the afi top 10 um or like you know what what got in at afi that didn't end up getting in at the Oscar. i don't know it's I'm, I'm jumbling stuff together but um anyways so the fact that we're back at 10 nominees for best picture now um Typically, I think AFI will get at least six or seven out of ten, right? Um, sometimes more, um, depending on, again, how many nominees there are uh, in the past years of the Oscars. Um, but this year, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're going seven out of ten. Um, I don't think uh, Nope is getting in as much as I love Nope. I don't think that's going to get a Best Picture nomination. Um, she said, I don't think it's getting a Best Picture nomination, and I don't think The Woman King's going to get a Best Picture nomination. So I'm going to swap those three out and replace them with Banshees of Inishirin, which got the, you know, the special award here. Um, going to replace that, uh, yeah, so Banshees is going to get in, Babylon's going to get in, and, uh, RRR, that's, that's what I think is going to sneak in and get the, the 10th spot. And then, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's where we stand right now so far. So we covered the Critics' Choice nominations, the Golden Globe nominations, the AFI Top Ten. Um, yeah, so like I was saying though, I, I come up with a word document every year, documenting all the all the different nominees, and this just helps me just get a feel of like where I think the nominations for the Oscars are going to go, because um, I've got a couple from like I think going back to like twenty nineteen or maybe even before that, because. I'm a fucking Oscar nerd, so I love going back through all the different award shows over the many decades and seeing, like, okay, well, what was nominated in the 70s, and what ended up winning in the 70s at the Golden Globes or the BAFTAs, and, oh, what ended up winning the Oscars? Like, I I love to see what's correlating, and it just helps me get a better feel of, like, okay, so this is where these award shows are, are really feeling, or, or this is where they've they felt things in the past, this is where they've been feeling things recently, and, oh, how did this translate over into what the Oscars were feeling? 
So, um, I've got my sheet set up here. Um, so maybe in the next episode, because I've, I've really I've talked a lot and it's getting late here. Um, I'll go over the lists that I have uh, so far, just kind of covering where things are overlapping, like the films that are really getting in everywhere and in certain categories, like they're not missing beats or if they are missing beats, like where they're at and all that. Again, kind of covered that in this this video, but. I'm definitely going to be updating this over the next few weeks with uh, when more news drops regarding, you know, more nominations as they come. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely stay stay tuned, my friends. Um, uh, yeah, because, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to stay more consistent. Here I am. I, I, I'm, I'm keeping my word so far, and I plan on keeping my word going uh, going into the Oscars. So, um, yeah, expect more content from me. Um, let me guys know if, uh, you guys are liking my awards seasons talk. Cause like I said, this is kind of me shifting gears away from the other stuff I would talk about. Cause I really, really wanted to do this. I really love talking about the Oscars and the award season and all the different categories and all the different uh, nominations and all that stuff. Like this is, this is my jam. So, uh, I very much enjoy doing this. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're not, please let me know. Um, I, I believe there's a, there's a poll now that was added to the podcast and uh yeah just send any feedback about it about the podcast anything uh don't be shy i don't bite um please any feedback you guys feel anything you guys want to see me talk about more talk less about please let me know i i'm very open to any feedback you guys have so uh but as i was <laughs> words as always, friends, thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for supporting me. It really makes me happy that um, I'm getting more and more people listening and getting engaged with, with me, just talking about movies. Like, it's my dream just to sit around and talk about movies with people all day. So uh, the more you guys listen and the more you guys tune in and share with, uh, with your friends and family and, you know, give me feedback, rate the podcasts, do all that stuff the more that just helps me get one step closer to my dream of being able to talk about movies all day and get paid for it and uh and hopefully one day actually be making the films and not just talking about them so uh thank you all again for your support i very much appreciate it i'm gonna go to bed now so uh good night and i'll talk to you all soon Bye bye